This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl, and I guess I am the guest this week. The host of today's podcast will be Neil Toff. He is the founder and CEO of Callzilla. He also has the podcast Fireside Chats Without the Fires. Without further ado, I am pushing the host responsibility to Neil Toff. Neil? Nick, thank you so much for allowing me to come back to your podcast. I had the distinct honor and privilege of being the first person to be interviewed on Press One for Nick. And here I get to have the privilege, I believe this is the 100th or just after the 100th interview. So I get to interview the interviewer and come back. And it's like old home week for me. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. This is a true honor. Yeah, absolutely. That was the that was the thing that I asked. People wanted me to to do a podcast on the 100th episode. And I was like, what would be the best person to interview me? And I was like, well, somebody gave me a chance at the very beginning, this Neil Toff guy. I think it'd be fun to have it go from one to a hundred and kind of break down, uh, have, have you be the interview, especially since you have the podcast on your side and you know what you're doing. So I, I, I'm giving you the reins today. Awesome. True honor and privilege. Really. Thank you so much. So let's get right into this. We're going to try to go from one to 100, as you just said. I, and I'm so curious, by the way, about your, your responses, because as a podcast host and creator, I've had my own journey and experience. Uh, things I've loved, things I'm curious about, things I question, but th- this is particularly why I'm really interested in seeing your answers. Here we are at 100, number 100. So let's jump into it. Question number one for you. Here it comes. What made you want to start this podcast and what did you learn as a podcaster? Yeah, I mean, at the very beginning, obviously, this is in the middle of the beginning of the pandemic and everything was shut down. I was like, what in the world am I going to do? I can't have coffees, lunches, meetings, etc. in person. How do I find ways to add value instead of just pushing out content via blog post or, you know, sending an email or calling because everybody's going to get bombarded with valuable quote unquote content. And the best thing I could come up with at the time was, uh, well, I could probably start a podcast. I had uh, the group customer experience, uh, CX of M group out of Michigan reached out to me. I was on their podcast. They had pinged me about February, so a few months prior, and said, hey, do you want to start a podcast? And the first answer was, no, I'm super busy. I don't have time to do that. And they came actually came back and asked me again. And I said, uh, you know, funny enough, I, I started thinking about it and it might be a good fit. Now I, I surprisingly have this bandwidth that I, that I can work with. You know, when it comes to what I learned about it when it, with the podcast, there was, there was a bunch. I had a, at the very beginning, I didn't have a, a speaker. I, I kind of had a, a speaker box. I had my, my computer video, so it wasn't the best quality. Uh, I wasn't really prepared a whole lot for, for the guests. I didn't do my research funny enough, just being fully transparent, like it was weird for me to be recorded and having this, my voice and the the information that I'm putting out consistently put out there and, and kind of <laughs> put on a platform forever. So the first five episodes, I was semi uncomfortable. Like I, 
I was telling uh, a buddy of mine that I was like sweaty, sweating through my my shirts and it, it, I wasn't nervous really. I didn't think I was nervous, but I was like sweating through my shirts and all sorts of crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, I learned that I needed to just be myself and be genuine and have fun doing it. And that, that was the process. So so that's today, it's, it's all about understanding what the guests, where they've spoken in the past, what content they're putting out there, if it's a book or a keynote or a webinar, uh, making sure that I kind of invest in the time. Because I think the more that I invest prior to the interview, the more that the, the quality, the higher quality that that interview is. I love that. Preparation is really key, right? It, it's possible to literally just show up and press record. But I think you've alluded to the fact, and I found this, that the more you prepare, the more you organize, the more reading you do in advance of interviewing someone, usually the better it turns out, right? Yeah, I think that's 100% right. But it's also, if somebody's willing to jump on my podcast as a guest, I'm taking away their time of doing something else. And so how do I value their time and make sure that I appreciate it as well? So they can tell that I'm putting in that investment and I'm, I'm prepping prior and I'm, I'm asking them questions. We're scheduling time to talk. And it's hopefully a different experience than, than what they have on the majority of the other podcasts that they've been on to date. So true. I'm curious about this one. So I observe that there has been an explosion of CX podcasts, by the way, not just in the US, but abroad. This is a global phenomenon. People in this profession, for whatever reason, like to have podcasts. I've been known to describe it as everyone and their mother now has a CX podcast. <laughs> I'm curious, what do you think makes Press One for Nick different and better than the rest of them? So I'm, I'm not going to pretend I have this WWE CX belt saying I'm, I'm the best podcast out there. I think uh, perception is the reality. One thing that I can tell you that our goal or my goal is, is to focus on customer experience, customer service, you know, culture, insights, employee engagement, HR, business objectives. And I, I try to ask the questions that my listeners hopefully would want to ask. I also try to kind of step out of the box a little bit and, and not just keep it in CX or customer service. So the, the thought leaders of the authors or the keynotes or the the practitioners, but bring on guests from like Disney, the, the head of Disney at the Magic Kingdom or uh, international hostage negotiators or semi-pro baseball team owners, along with the CX and customer service professionals and ask them the additional questions that maybe some potentially don't at, the, at a very high level. Love your answer. I know I'm not supposed to answer your question that I just asked of you, but uh, if I were to answer as an observer and listener of your podcast, you offer an immense uh, array of variety and diversity. And you do change things up. I think that is one of the great things that makes you stand out and brings true quality to your program. Thank you for answering that. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, well, it's true. I mean, there's a reason why you've been able to get to 100 episodes that people actually listen to, and that's, that's one of them. Let's go to question number three. I'm so curious, going back to part of what you just answered about the diversity of your guests, what do you look for in the guests that you wind up inviting? I think you probably do as you spend a lot of time researching and evaluating is this one worth it, is this one not worth it. What is it that you really truly look for before hitting that send or making that phone call to invite someone to be on your, your podcast? Yeah, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's not necessarily the title. Uh, obviously, if, if Jeff Bezos is calling me up and saying, hey, can I be on your podcast? I would I'd jump out the opportunity. But 
it's not necessarily the, the, the title or the, the C-suite or the VP of this or the CX of that. It's more about, I try to pay attention to what my, what my listeners are, are interacting with and what they're commenting on, how they act when a specific guest comes on. And I'm trying to figure out, is this, is this guest or would this potential guest bring value to them? Because if not, they're my lifeblood. They're the ones that listen to the podcast. So they're ones that I, or else I'd be speaking into a void <laughs> of nothing. And I just put it, put this out for record for me to, me to listen to. And I'd have uh, one, one listener per month, uh, which would be myself. But it's, it's how are they a little bit different in the, in the space? Uh, what are they, what questions are they asking? And how are they responding to the questions that are being asked of them? And if I can, if I can think that they are, they're adding enough value to the current medium that they're on, I'll do more research and then I'll ask those thoughtful questions. And, and I always kind of interview 30, or I have a 30 minute call with most of my guests prior to the call, just to get to know them. And from there, I'm able to ask additional questions, hear what they're saying, maybe what they're, what they're not saying, and pull out the questions that I think are the right fit for them. And then it's up to them and, and up to me if I think if if we collectively think it's the right fit to be uh, to do a podcast together. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, if it's not about if they're not adding value to to my listeners and they're just a name, um, it's not just about clicks or listens or downloads, but it's about adding value to the people who are investing in me. The old adage of quality over quantity. Absolutely. I'm curious about this one. Every guest that comes on your podcast, you ask them the same thing. And that is, if you could leave a note to all customer service professionals, and it's going to hit everyone's desk at 8 a.m., what would it say? That's the question you ask of your Mm -hmm. guests. Which of those notes that your guests have shared is your favorite? Man, there is hard to just pick one. There are a bunch of them that I could probably pull from. I, I have a list that's actually going on that I created. It's kind of a, not necessarily an ebook. It's more of a, a PDF document. And I'll, I'll put a note in the show notes so you can kind of take a peek at it and have it as a resource and, and give you the ability to pick your own favorites. But if I can just go through a few of them that I have top of mind, James Dodkins, he said, most of your potential customers will form an opinion of you before they ever interact with your company. It's kind of a gut check, right? It's, it's how, how are you keeping an eye on your potential customers, not necessarily your, your current customers. Uh, Shep Hyken always uh, told me that, that fine is the F-bomb of customer service. Fine is average, mediocre, and mundane. Derek Gaunt, uh, he was one of the hostage negotiators. I had him and his partner, uh, Chris Voss, on one as well. But he says, uh, stay curious. Accept the fact that your job is a difficult one. Understand it's not about you, but the person calling in. So be ready to demonstrate that you get where they're coming from. Don't be in a hurry to resolve it early because unaddressed emotions never die. And I love the fact that he comes in and talks about it from the consumer's perspective. If you're not addressing the emotions that they're at today inside the customer service and hearing them out and acknowledging where they're at and then addressing their problem, they're not going to be satisfied as, a, as an organization, as a customer. Uh, Dan Cockrell, he's the he's the one of the the VP and uh, leader of Magic Kingdom at Disney. He's he's talk about talks about empathy. He says, be empathetic, be more thoughtful, take more interest in your people. When you connect with your employees, they feel respected. 
and they and like they matter, they are much more likely to deliver over the top experiences. It kind of it's it's the old adage, um, and we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But it, it, employee experience equals customer experience. Um, kind of think if there's any another one that just came to mind. I was actually at most one of the more in, um, recent interviews is a guy from Tim Kite. Uh, he's the CEO of Focus Three uh, company here in Columbus, and he talks about his response or his note would be um, he has an equation called E plus R equals O, and it's the event plus response equals the outcome, and he calls it the R factor, which is the most important part of that of that equation is response. And he said to, he would say inside the note, he goes, today I get to work with purpose, serve people, solve problems, and bring energy. Man, I love my job. And he's like, how cool would that be if every single customer service rep, every single day, stood up, looked at his note, and read that out loud every day? How much, how much better would customer service be that, that day? And I can go on and on and on. There's a whole, whole lot of lists, but uh, those are kind of the ones that stick out today. There's some good themes here. The importance of employee experience, the importance of customer perception, Sorry, a little bit about metrics in there, right? Different way that people define different metrics, quality, the importance of quality. Man, I love, Chef is very quotable. Fine is the F-bomb. What is it? Fine is the F-bomb of customer, customer service. Mm-hmm. Customer service. Yeah. Uh, yeah good themes yeah. in there, right? Yeah, it's, it's employee experience equals customer experience. You know, I think somebody once said if it was, I think it was Nick Zeisler that said, you know, you don't have to be amazing. You just have to beat beat the DMV. I thought that was funny. Uh, a lot of it was talking about effort. <laughs> funny, actually, yeah, yeah, talking about effort, uh, empathy, taking action. I think more often than not, the importance of gaining this information that you get from your customers, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, retaining that uh, feedback, and then taking action, and then aligning that that future state with business objectives. Because there's there's so many times in customer service or customer experience where it's not aligned and you're kind of running running in your own lane and you're not necessarily focused on the overall holistic organization. And I think that is a that is a theme or that is a fail uh, for for some organizations. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. All these people you've interviewed, now certainly a hundred on your podcast and you come into contact with so many people throughout your work life and your, your, your non-podcasting hours. Mm-hmm. How have you evolved in your own personal view of CX? Have you evolved? First of all, and if so, how? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I would say that I have evolved because I've done more research than I've ever done. I've, I've kept an eye on the market, the industries, the trends, uh, what thought leaders are saying and what they're not saying. I've come to, I don't know how much have, has become my own. I would say that the more that I've read 
it gives me the ability to learn from others, um, either what to do or what not to do. Um, when it comes to, you know, I think a, a lot of these are, are amazing thought leaders and, and have a lot of great things to say, but, you know, there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of data. At the end of the day, it comes down to storytelling for me. Like how, how am I telling the story of the data and information that I have today? And if you're not listening to what people are saying, taking that information and then providing a story back to them uh, or to the marketplace, uh, that's, that's kind of what podcast for me is all about is we're, we're telling stories, uh, lessons learned, some fun facts, you know, things that are valuable to my listeners. And I think the more information, I think we're all growing to be thought leaders in one way or another. Uh, somebody once said, I said, oh, this was before I had a podcast and I started talking about, oh, I'm, uh, I'm doing this and doing that. And I said, but I kind of put a caveat or an asterisk on there. And I said, oh, but I'm, but I'm not a thought leader. And she was, she's an SVP of, of a CX group at a large bank. And she's like, you know, pause, pause right there, Nick. She's like, I don't do those things. I'm not, I don't write. I don't talk. I don't have a podcast. I don't do any of that. And she's like, stop telling yourself that you're, you're not a thought leader. Start telling yourself that you are one and then do something about it. Don't just say that you are a thought leader, but actually do something about it and continue to do it and, and adapt and evolve. I love this. So this is, this is my only hard, kind of hard hitting question that I have coming up that I wanted to ask you is, do you be, even believe in thought leaders anymore? And I, I think you just answered it, but I want to give you the chance to certainly just respond directly. on. Sounds like you do believe in them. So it depends on what your perspective is of a thought leader. Uh, are there people who put out valuable content uh, around customer service and customer experience or for that matter, any industry? The answer is yes. I think there are more thought leaders than what we, what we see online. Some are better at marketing themselves than others and building that brand. But it comes down to, like I said, it's the, it's the storytelling of the data that we have. So I think, I think the answer is yes, but we all have more in common with the thought leaders that we see visibly than we, than we believe. I like it. That's a thought-provoking response. Well done. Well-crafted. <laughs> it wasn't easy to come up with. I think that, that's, I, I, I like that. I think your audience obviously appreciates that. You've already described the amount of time that goes into preparing for a podcast, an individual podcast, time, preparation, reading, thinking, reflecting, probably modifying the agenda. You're speaking to your guests ahead of time. You're setting questions. Why do you do this? Why do you commit time to creating a podcast? If you're like me, I guess, your pockets aren't lined yet uh, from podcasting. It is not necessarily a lucrative exercise, which is fine. It's, a, it's an immense time commitment. Why the heck do you still commit the time to doing this? Yeah, it is, it is a lot of time. And I think the more that I see in the market and the more that's possible, I think that I can, I continue to invest more time or bring on more people or bring on people to, to help on that journey. I would say that the easiest answer is, is because I enjoy it. Um, I really have fun bringing on the people and the guests that I have and the conversations that I built and the, the relationships that I've built before and after the podcast and uh, consistently over the last hundred episodes. Uh, it's really fun to hear uh, what people are saying 
um, either on reviews or on social media or uh, direct messaging me saying, man, I really love that, uh, how, you, how you asked that question. I can't believe that you had this person on. Uh, I love the fact that you did X, Y, and Z, whatever that amount is. And it's enjoyable to go through that process. If I didn't enjoy it, uh, this would be <laughs> painstaking and it wouldn't be any fun and I wouldn't last 100 episodes. I think the average podcast uh, lasts about seven episodes is the make or break section. So uh, I've surpassed that. And I think I, I, I look forward to the next hundred because I'm adding, I believe I'm adding valued, valuable information to the people that are listening and the people that uh, will listen in the future. And so if they are depending on me to provide the thought leadership and the content, the quality content to ask these, these leaders in the industry, uh, thoughtful questions, I'm going to same the same reason why I did it with my guests where I'm investing the time because they're investing time with me. The same is true with my audience. If they're committing uh, an hour, a half hour, two hours, whatever that amount of time is every week, every month, it's important to me to do the same and invest in making sure that that quality is there. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth of what's the best fit for, for the audience, but I'm growing as well as, as an individual. It's not just about the podcast. For me professionally, even personally, like what questions am I asking people? And when do I just stop and listen to them and hear what they're saying and what they're not saying? And then ask that follow-up question. I think it's helped me become a better human. I like that answer. It's a good one. Final question for you. Mm -hmm. What is next? Man, there's, there's a lot that I could do. There's a lot that's uh, possible. Like I said, there's, uh, with podcasting, you can, you can invest in all sorts of things. Um, I would say the, the few things that come to mind, I would like to do more video and you, you'll see that here coming up, uh, you know, gym nights coming up with, with a video that just released, uh, uh, last week, uh, Shep Hiking will be coming up, uh, next week with, there's more videos that's, the YouTube, uh, it'll be YouTube slash, slash the podcast. So you kind of have the channel of your choice to listen to. Um, I'm interested in getting more into LinkedIn live, uh, seeing if that's a, if that's something that my audience is interested in, you know, I guess at the end of the day, it's, I'd love to hear from my listeners perspective. One thing that I want to do and, and plan to push out as a survey and, and we'll put it in the show notes, but you know, I created a, a quick seven question survey and I'd love to learn more about you, uh, how you heard about the podcast, your favorite episodes and likes and dislikes. And I think that will help me guide the podcast and the flavor of the podcast in the future. Um, I plan to also do some more replays. And, and uh, what I mean by that is I don't want, I don't want episodes like episode number one, Neil Toff, I don't want to get that get stuck on the bottom and have people not listening to that valuable content because I think there is a ton of value on the first episodes, even though I had a ton of ums and ahs and uh, sweated through my shirts. Uh, so I'm going to do some replays where I'll, I'll do two episodes a month or two episodes a week, but one of those episodes will be a replay from a previous episode and it'll just kind of get sifted to the top uh, so more people get that visibility. I'd say there's, there's probably more too, but uh, I'll leave it at that. You've got a ton to look forward to. Your listeners are in for a treat. Your listeners 
uh, by the way, are well earned. You deserve a congratulations. You're right. About seven, eight episodes, like that's kind of the threshold where a lot of people just kind of drop off. They get bored. They get frustrated. They don't know how to do it. They stumble. They fall. And then they don't push through. You are now, if I did my math correctly, you're just over 14 times that at 100 plus. Kudos yeah. to you. Yeah. Congratulations. You are putting out a product. You are telling stories. You are providing a place and medium for stories to be told. And they're important stories, not just the quality of your guests, but the content that they're sharing. And you are a very important player in this space. Whether we like to use the term thought leader or not, you combine all the things you just described yourself. You are excellent at marketing yourself on the podcast. You are a thought leader because you're organizing and telling those stories. Uh, and you're putting it forth in a way that is easy to consume. It's consistent. People can rely on it. You have a brand. They like your brand. They like to consume it. It's easy to consume. There, it's right in front of you. And the things you just described in your answers to the last questions are certainly things to look forward to. Video. People love video. I think uh, you create more and more opportunities and make it easier for people to consume. It's just going to continue to grow. I will, uh, before I, I finally shut up here, I'll say one last thing is it was a great privilege being the first person to be interviewed by you. Uh, I did not know you sweated through your shirt. I had no idea. So <laughs> most of us probably don't know that. Uh, it's not apparent yeah. to us. And you, you kept that a good secret. And it was really fun to come back here and get a chance to interview you. I get to interview a lot of people and, and I, I like you, I really enjoy it. This was really fun because uh, I get to learn from you also. I, I, I learn, I listen and, and I promise I'm not going to steal any of your ideas for, for the podcast that I do. I, I, I won't. I just, I, I respectfully borrow. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, it, it was really fun to, to, to share the time with you, Nick. Thank you. And uh, when we get to episode 200, hopefully at least, have me back. I can ask you some questions and, and, and still be a part of it. It's fun to watch. It's fun to cheer you on. It's fun to compete maybe just a little bit against you. And we're not really competing in the CX podcast space, but we pay attention to you because you're doing great things. And, and it's fun to observe. And like I said, we're cheering you on, looking forward to the next hundred episodes and, uh, and congratulations, my friend. Yeah. Thank you so much, Neil. That, that means the world to me. Uh, the one thing, the last thing I want to say is uh, thank you to my listeners. Like, Without you guys, um, I, I'd just be, like I said, talking into the void. It would be, uh, it'd be quite embarrassing, and, and I'd hang out uh, with a billboard, kind of saying, "Hey, please listen to me." And and uh, it's because of you guys that I'm putting out the content that I am, and and I'm looking forward to that next 100. So, uh, Neil, thanks so much for taking that time to to be the host of of the hundredth episode, and. You know, I, I wish you the best of luck too. Yeah, we, we may compete, uh, but I think uh, on the back end, we're we're always learning and best practices and sharing sharing everything possible. I don't think there's a, there's anybody else that would 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 say the the opposite of that. Uh, so uh, thank you so much, and and looking forward to having you back on at episode uh, two hundred. Thank you. Same here. Thank you, listeners. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing it with them by giving them a link of this episode or directly from your app. And last, if you'd like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, go to press1fornick.com forward slash podcast.